Real leaders leave a legacy. They capture the hearts and minds of their teams. Their origin story puts the safety and well-being of their people first. Great companies ubiquitously have safe yet productive operations. For those companies, safety is an investment, not a cost for the C-suite. It's a real topic of daily focus. This is The Safety Guru with your host, Eric McCroskey, a globally recognized ops and safety guru, public speaker, and author. Are you ready to leave a safety legacy? Your legacy success story begins now. Hi, and welcome to The Safety Guru. Today, I'm very excited to have with me Bree DeLisi. Bree DeLisi is an associate partner with human performance and business transformation with years worth of experience around safety, safety culture. Uh, she's done a lot of incredibly powerful work with a lot of different organizations to uh, assess, understand their safety cultures and drive meaningful impact across them. And I'm Really excited today because we're going to talk about a really important topic, which is really around uh, the ki- critical role of, of senior leaders uh, and how they could drive effective impact in terms of a strong culture. So, Bree, welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you for having me. Excellent. So first, I'd love to hear a little bit about how you got started in this career uh, and some of the, the, the goals and, and, and experiences that you really had that got you to where you are now. Yeah, absolutely. So it's kind of funny when I originally um, picked this field, it was because I had a a very strong desire of making, I wanted to help people and I wanted it Mm. to be sort of scientifically based. And, and it was a little bit tricky figuring that out. You know, did I want to go in the direction of the medical field? Did I, I, did I want to go into some of the sciences And I ended up landing on occupational safety because it felt like such a tangible way to to help improve people's lives. Um, Yeah. And then it was kind of funny because as I I progressed into my, you know, I studied occupational safety and health initially, and then I um, went into the aerospace industry to Mm -hmm. actually practice occupational safety. And something that I found out pretty quickly was that I was not going to be be able to make the impact that I wanted to from a health and safety perspective, because I kind of realized that just as a safety professional, I'm not the one that's really influencing employees on how to work safely. I realized pretty quickly that it was the the leadership that influenced safety the most and, Mm. and how I could go about influencing that. So that was kind of a turning point in my career for me. That's amazing. So, so tell me a little bit about that and what, what kind of triggered that thinking, uh, because I completely agree. Leaders have such an important uh, impact, they, how they show up, how they speak about safety, uh, whether they're part of the conversation or they delegate that has such a significant impact. But tell me a little bit about how you got to that realization. What was the aha for you? So the aha really came about when I was, I was actually working with um, two facilities And noticed that one of them, the one that I worked with, you know, the most, unfortunately, (laughs) um, was had terrible safety performance. And I was looking at the other facilities sort of, you know, an hour down the road from us that had much better safety performance. And I I just couldn't understand, you know, we we all worked for the same company. Why? And we and we had to follow the same requirements. Why was there such a difference? And it really started to dawn on me when I was taking, I was actually getting my MBA at the time Mm -hmm. and I was taking a course in leader habits 
And I started looking at the leader habits between my facility general manager and mm-hmm. the general manager, and and for both facilities, this was the senior leadership. Um, the the man the general manager at the other facility as well. They had completely different leadership styles, so I decided to take it upon myself to do a little bit of a study between the two Love facilities. It. Yes. And tell me about that. What what did you find when you started peeling the onion behind the two? So the process that I took was I had to be a little bit discreet about it because obviously one of them was was at my site and it was the poorer performer uh, when it comes <laughs> to safety requirements. So I had to be a little bit discreet. But what I did was I looked at a number of items. I took a look at, you know, I had the opportunity to see, you know, my my GM's schedule, how she you know, worked throughout her day. And I was also quite close with a lot of folks that were on her leadership team. So Mm -hmm. they would give me insights as well. And then, and what I did was I actually pulled artifacts from both locations. So I pulled, you know, people offered up their performance evaluations for me to review. Mm -hmm. I had the opportunity to look at um, sort of the leadership practices on both sides uh, I also looked at some of the inspections, their their audit uh, performance, and then also, of course, their injury rates. And I right. did also have the pleasure of being able to interview the senior leader at the higher performing uh, location. She was very gracious in allowing me to to sit down and talk to her for two hours about what she implemented from a safety Mm. perspective um, and and how she emphasized it. And I had some really interesting uh, findings as a result of this study. And and so tell me more. I'd love to hear those findings. This is really exciting themes for somebody who's passionate about safety. Should be no surprise behind it. But the problem is often it doesn't get quantified. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So, So part of it was I had sort of my my qualitative and my quantitative sides of this. Mm-hmm. So I'll I'll start off with the uh, qualitative side. So, so first off, I started looking at sort of leadership practices. And one thing that I found on the, for our poorer safety performance um, facility, our, our GM there, she would arrive at 7 a.m. when the mm-hmm. field shift started at 6 a.m. So she was coming in an hour after um, main operations had already started. Hmm. Another thing that I noticed was that uh, she only had staff meetings about once a week. uh, And there was no expectation from those staff meetings that those discussions be carried out with the rest of the employees as well. So it was a very sort of isolated event. Interesting. Um, she didn't go out into the facility that much. And also some feedback that I had gotten from employees was that people would be, you know, breaking safety rules right in front of her and she wouldn't oh, wow. say anything. She didn't say anything at all. So that was sort of the one thing that I found kind of from the leader habit side for mm. her. And then on the flip side at the higher performing location, that general manager started her day at 5.30 in the morning and the field started at 6.30. Mm. So she was there an hour before any the main shift started. And what she sure. did was there was an expectation that all of the other, all of her leadership team was to be there at 5.30 as well. And she began every day with a 30-minute staff meeting. 
And in that staff meeting, they would discuss everything from safety to operations to finance to whatever, you know, perhaps quality was included in there. Just what were the, the high priority items? And then there was an expectation that that information then flows out to the operations for their start of shift meetings at 630. Mm. So it was this continuous flow of communications from the senior leader down through the field. Um, and with that, she also was very engaged with safety. So whenever she went out onto the shop floor, she would make a point to talk to employees about safety. Um, yeah. Feedback that I had gotten from uh, their health and safety managers that they had at that location said that she was the one that was driving a lot of safety conversations with operations. It wasn't the responsibility of safety to have those conversations. Right. She viewed it as the responsibility of um, of, of leadership. So those were kind of the qualitative or yeah, the qualitative sides there of sort of how they as leaders showed up differently. I, I think this is phenomenal. I think that the start of shift meeting, it's talked about so often, uh, in terms of safety, in terms of operational performance, uh, it, it just shows up in terms of that, that element, the, the transparency, the showing up part, uh, was there something between the two leaders? And I don't know if you actually looked at this in terms of that triggered why safety was so critical for her. Yes. So this was actually quite interesting at the, this higher performing site. Um, when she had started in as uh, GM, the most alarming metrics to her, and and this was in comparison to the rest of the company, to be perfectly honest, um, sh their safety performance was terrible. It was actually worse than the site that I was working at at the time mm. um, when she first started as GM. And and there was a change also in operations where at that time, uh, the, the head medical uh, staff at that location started reporting to her as well because they, they lost that, that middle management. And hmm. it was coming to light to her that they had a whole bunch of gaps in their safety systems, in their emphasis on safety. And she had a really good understanding of also, honestly, what it was costing the facility. So, so there is the human side of it that she totally respected, but she also had firsthand views as to, as to how much these injuries were were impacting the company, both from a financial and a personnel perspective. Um, um, and on the flip side, at the at the poor performing location, you know, she had been in that role for twenty years at that point. Okay, and it was kind of you know at the at the beginning of those twenty years, you know, safety was not the highest priority. OSHA was was kind of right. new at that point. Um, it was definitely, you know, requirements, but OSHA compliance was good enough. Injury rates didn't matter quite that much. And there was just no motivation for her to change. Hmm. Yeah, it wasn't, it, it was not something that she was passionate about that really resonated, sounds like, versus for the other leader, this was something that was very personal. Right. Uh, which is consistent. I've, I've definitely seen that all great safety leaders I've seen. There's always a very strong personal motivation for safety. It's not some metric. It's not a piece of paper. It's something tangible. It's about people making sure that you're not harming them, that you're returning them back to their families in the same shape or better than when they came in the morning. Yes, yes, definitely. 
And then also on the flip, so so that was the qualitative side. On the, the quantitative side, this is what I found very interesting as well, was I actually got access to performance evaluations for the leadership teams uh, for both mm. of these GMs. And then I also had access to their calendars. So I got to see how they actually <laughs> scheduled out their weeks. And a couple of very interesting findings came in. So first off, for their time personally, at the poor performing location, the average amount of time that she spent with any, you know, touching safety whatsoever, whether it was in meetings, um, reviewing metrics, having meetings with the health and safety manager, um, all of that came out to about four hours per week. Now, <laughs> At the higher safety performing site, that GM spent 15 hours per week touching safety in some manner wow. or another, whether it was in her staff meetings and safety would always come up in her staff meetings. It was always in that, you know, sort of shift meeting those 30 minutes every single day. Mm -hmm. And then she would also block out time on her calendar every single day to walk the floor and talk Love to it. employees about safety. Among other things, but safety was always a part sure. of that conversation. So she was spending 11 hours more per week focusing on safety. And then hmm. on top of that, there was the expectations of their leadership teams. What were their, what were they holding their leadership teams sure. to? So I got to, I got to look through some of some folks' pro performance evaluations and at the poor performing site, they had four items listed on the on their performance evaluations, and it was weighted at 5% of their entire performance evaluation. All safety items was only 5%. Hmm. And those items were incredibly vague, like reduce injury rates and follow safety requirements. There were no tangibles there. It was very vague. Whereas right. at the higher performing site, they had 16 items for safety on their performance evaluations. And the safety items were weighted at 20% of their performance evaluation. So that mm. meant she, you know, there was a, an emphasis, 20% of their performance evaluation, they had to perform for safety. And it included specific tasks like conducting inspections, mm. uh, corrective action completion time, completing safety projects. It was very tangible and 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 accessible for these managers and supervisors to know what the expectations were of them and and that that would matter for you know their bonus that they were going to get and also it was fabulous that it was tied to mostly um more of the proactive and leading indicator sure. types of behaviors it wasn't focused on just reducing injuries I, I love both of these data points, uh, four times more, almost four times more time spent talking about safety, leading for safety. That's huge. Uh, I, I've for, for years, I've been telling leaders, just build a pie chart uh, and, and say whatever your number one priority is. If you if you keep saying it's safety, the safety actually represent the biggest chunk of time when you spend or you're spending more time on financials, more time uh, in in meetings on other topics. Uh, because people will notice it. If you're right. spending 15 hours in a week, people will say, she's serious about safety. Uh, right. It's important to them. And therefore, maybe it should be important to me. Same thing with your 
uh, with the the weights in terms of the the, the importance. Five percent is like yeah, whether I do this or not, it's not that important. Twenty mm-hmm. percent is starting to get my attention. I need to do something, and and you're guiding what that looks like. Love it. This is this is phenomenal stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And after, so looking at all of this data and looking at the differences, I'd also love to share what their um, actual injury rates. Um, sure. So they had at this poor performing location um, at the time of this study, their their total recordable incident rate or their TRIR was 2.4. So that means 2.4 recordable injuries for every 100 mm-hmm. employees. Um, and over the course of the two years, so it was from 2012 to 2014, they experienced a 53% reduction in recordable injuries, which I will say is quite commendable. That is, sure. you know, a, that is a, a great drop. It's, a lot of people would love that. <laughs> yes, yes. At the higher performing location, they experienced an 86% drop in their total recordable incident rate. Wow. And that meant at the time that I had talked to them, they had a 0.5 TRIR, which was totally different circumstance. Yeah, completely different. And I will say, you know, the two years at the beginning of those two years in 2012, the who we call now our high performer, they were twice as bad as the location that I was, um, that I was working at. And they managed to turn everything around in a matter of two years. Hmm. Um, and it really, really was quite impressive. This is phenomenal. And I think you've really captured so many of the key variables in terms of how leaders need to show up. It's not rocket science to to improve safety. It's, it's where you show up, what you do, what messages you send. So can you, can, in your words, what would be the major takeaways uh, from, from, from the work, the study that you did here? And exactly same company, same environment. So in theory, you should have the same culture, but so, so different. Right. Yes. And what, what I really got out of this was, was two major learnings. So the first one is that the emphasis that a leader puts on safety will directly correlate to a reduction in injuries. And it's very important about how that emphasis is placed. So if it's a, you know, yelling at people saying, reduce your injuries, (laughs) that's going to get you very different results. But when you put an emphasis on let's be proactive, let's have conversations, let's make this a learning that's going to directly influence your injury rates. So if right. you're if you're an organization that's looking to lower your injury rates, you know, take take that that proactive and almost excited approach to it. I don't I don't quite know how to phrase that, but they <laughs> she was she was happy about it. She was passionate about it and made it very clear to her employees that this was something she genuinely cared about for them. So that was my first learning. The second learning is that, you know, both of them in theory had this had the same management systems, but the way that you use your management systems, those those effective management system practices are crucial. As a leader, you need to be specific about your expectations of mm-hmm. your management team and your supervisors. What exactly is it that you want them to do? We don't want to just say reduce injury rates and follow safety requirements. We want to ask them, how are you going to show up as a leader and, and prove that safety is important to your teams? 
Um, and with that, you know, how much time am I spending in my personal day? If safety is such a priority to me, how much time am I spending right. out in the field? So we've got the we've got these fabulous management systems out there, but they are only as good as the effort that you put into them and the clarity that you put into them. I, I love it, and I think this this element that the tangibility of are you showing up? Obviously, you've got to show up the right way, like you said. You need to show active care and things of that nature. It makes such a difference, and yet this is a choice that day in and day out I keep emphasizing with leaders. And it's probably the hardest thing to to really get in is like show up consistently, own your safety, own in terms of the the expectations, make it real, show to other people that that safety matters to you. Right. Yes, absolutely. And I, and you need to own it as much, if not more than what you want your employees to own it because they are, they're only going to match what you are role modeling to them. It leaders don't understand that sometimes the influence that they have, they are the number one influencer on, on how their organization performs. And that doesn't just include safety. That includes quality. That includes, um, your operational performance, your finances, everything falls under that. Couldn't agree more. Uh, fantastic story, fantastic research data points. You've uh, very, in a very succinct way, really shared the the criticality of the role of the leader uh, and and can only ask everybody to, to really start thinking and having that personal reflection. We're coming into the the new year, it's time to the new year's resolution. This is a time to start thinking, am I showing up the right way? Am I spending, am I spending the amount of time that I need to spend showing that safety matters day in and day out? Or is it something I'm fluffing off to somebody else? I'm only doing the bare minimum. Um, this was almost four times more time spent on safety. And I'm willing to bet that her performance overall was probably even better, not just from a safety standpoint, but across all the other metrics. You know, I would be willing, I, I don't have the data in front of me, but I am willing to bet that you are probably right on that. So, so Bree, thank you so much for sharing a story. Um, I think it's a very, very powerful story. And, and thank you for all the good work that you're doing to, to help organizations improve their culture, help leaders realize how they can make a difference. Um, it's, it's, you're fighting a good fight. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for having me. It was wonderful having this conversation. Share this on your socials and tell everyone. Thank you for listening to the Safety Guru on C-Suite Radio. Leave a legacy. Distinguish yourself from the pack. Grow your success. Capture the hearts and minds of your teams. Fuel your future. Come back in two weeks for the next episode or listen to our sister show with the Ops Guru, Eric McCroskey.